You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay. Yay. If you like hanging out at Walmart, if you like hanging out in the aisles, if you like talking random stuff, random strangers playing with Rob. Uh, random ramble links with Rob. Yo, yo. Random ramble links with Rob. Walmart talking. What random? What random? 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 Rob links with Rob. 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 What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and I am back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener in these trying times, I appreciate you oh so much for giving me your time and giving my show a try because I know your time is precious because you're sitting on your ass, not doing shit, just collecting stimulus checks and... (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had to say that. But nonetheless, whatever your situation is, I hope you're safe. I hope you're washing your dirty, filthy fucking hands, especially if you're making my food or making someone's food and uh properly wearing gloves and masks. But let's 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 side note, if you're wearing gloves, that's you're still not protecting yourself. Cause if you go touch touch some nasty, dirty shit. You still got the gloves on when you touch some clean, regular shit like your keys, your wallet, yourself, your belt, or whatever the case may be. You kind of defeating the purpose. You're still spreading the shit around. So you touch nasty, dirty shit with the gloves. You take them shits off and you wash your hands to touch regular, normal, clean shit. Now, back to what I was saying. Uh, go back to that person that recommended you to me if you are a new listener and uh, tell them thank you for sending you my way. And uh, use your social media app of choice to send them that DM to tell them thank you. Because, you know, we got to be six feet apart. We ain't supposed to be gathering in more than groups of 10. This is an info commercial for the coronavirus from the CDC. And (laughs) if um, you uh, are on social media, you can look me up because I'm there. I'm roaming around, rummaging through the trash cans with my virtual hands and stuff because I don't want to be in the vicinity touching shit physically with my normal hands. So you can go to Twitter at 3R Show. Give me a follow there and follow the show. You can go to Instagram at the 3R Show. You can watch me not walk through Walmart like I normally do because we're supposed to be quarantining ourselves and separating from society at the moment. And you can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 3R Show. I got some videos on YouTube, 3R Show. And for anything that I may have forgotten or missed, you can find on randomrob.com. So now I have a guest joining me for this edition of the show, and we have something in common right off the bat. You know, when I created this show some four years ago, um, I wanted the title to have three uh, three letter, you know, freaking uh, title. So the random ramblings with Rob that kind of hit my prerequisites. I got three R's. You know, the title is kind of a tongue twister if you try to say it too fast or you're not really thinking about what you're saying when you try to rattle it on out. So that was uh, my cup of tea. That was my uh, mission statement for the show going forward from that point. So now my guest that's joining me here, her actual birth name has three M's. So and we're, not, we're not talking about that CD Corporation, the 3M company, to where they have, they're the ones manufacturing these gas masks and all this other stuff that we're wearing and all these other chemicals that we use commonly in the household. Like, um, what's that shit? I just watched the Dark Water 
DuPont, you know, poisoning all the people's water and all this other bullshit. This has turned into a conspiracy theory. God damn, I'm sorry. Um, but joining me <laughs> from the Bite Me podcast, and we're going to get into all that because you might wonder, is it a vampire uh, podcast? Is it a food podcast? You know, I mean, is it a kinky podcast? Because some people like to be bitten when they're doing the nasty time. Um, you have questions. But uh, joining me is Margaret Madden from the Bite Me Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Rob? I am. I'm kind of hot right now. I didn't got into all this <laughs> dirty hands and touching your face and the, these big companies <laughs> poisoning people and shit. And I don't normally do that. I, it just came to me. It was like the spirit called me. <laughs> all right. You're on a bit of a rant talking about COVID and conspiracy theories and stuff. How can you not right now, though? I know. Is it, we, we're, in the time, we're in the time for that. And it's going to be weird going forward like, yeah. for podcasters because a lot of this stuff is based in the current and it's all talking about COVID and Corona, whatever the hell you want to call it. So when people of the future, you know, find these episodes and they go back and they do research on uh, COVID or just, you know, peaking their curiosity on what happened during that time frame, they got all these podcasts with like COVID in the title or people just have the COVID subject matter all living throughout their podcast. So everybody knows what time frame in um, human history this is going to be from. That's right. 2020. Hell of a year. That's what they'll be saying. Oh, yeah. Four, <laughs> four, four months in yeah. and we just getting uppercut, freaking side kicked and all kind of other crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was, I, I was yeah. firmly under the assumption that 2019 was a, you know, not a all freaking dandelions and sunflower year. I was going to say 2019 was trash. And then <sighs> January 2020 came around. We was like, fuck. <laughs> Well, you know, I think 2020 started out with a little bit of hope and stuff, but it kind of went downhill real quick. Yes. So shit, I almost, yeah, I almost, almost, almost kind of want 2019 back. <laughs> well, uh, 2019 was a pretty decent year for me, so I would, I would love to go back. I mean, this time last year, I was planning a trip to Barbados, oh. and you know, like all kinds of great stuff was going on. I started my podcast last year, so 2019 was a great year. I would. Certainly love to revisit that right now. Uh, yeah, well, so I mean, like I said, it was okay. But, I mean, because I mean, we <laughs> had so much good that did come from it. You starting your podcast and everything, and um, right? with the podcast, um, what came first? I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking that your, your business came first, then the podcast. It couldn't have been the podcast then the business because that'd be kind of weird. Uh, to, well. Tough to say. I mean, probably the podcast, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Whoa, because really? I don't really like it. I mean, the podcast is about edibles, mm -hmm. and we'll probably get into that a bit more. But I don't I don't really sell edibles for, like, people to buy or anything like that. Oh, it's just a personal use. As far use. as that goes. So, yeah. So, it's just, uh, yeah, I just started the podcast because I needed a side project. I didn't have enough to do, as most busy people say. And, yeah. I mean, all right. So, how does how is all this, you know, self isolation, self quarantine, and all this stuff working out for you? Because I mean, you just clearly stated that you're a person that doesn't like to sit idly by and not have a lot to do. I mean, are you occupying your time? I mean, the podcast helps, of course, and you know, the baking, the edibles, and all that other stuff, of course. But what are you doing outside of those two things? 
Well, I think uh, you're totally right. I, I don't like to just sit around. My house is uh, pretty clean, of course, like a lot of people. And like a lot of people, I've been making bread. Uh, I've fooled around with that for a lot over the last few years. But suddenly, I've got time to make bread every day. Um, I actually had started a job a little while ago and then almost immediately got laid off That's because crazy. of COVID. So there are some like online courses I'm doing, uh, you know, that kind of thing, doing a lot of FaceTiming with friends and family. In fact, tomorrow night with the family, we're doing a slam pizza off oh. on Zoom. So we'll see how that goes. First ever competition. Two family members are going head to head to see who can make the best pizza as judged by the rest of the peanut gallery. So that should be good. And I'm looking forward to that more than I care to admit, basically because it's like, <laughs> we're desperate for entertainment these days. And I'm yeah. kind of getting sick of Netflix too. I mean, yeah. it's been a lot of that as well. I have, I can't lie. You know, and then you start to kind of weed through um, the people uh, during this crisis and whatnot, because I'm the type of person that don't give a shit. Like I'm, I'm saying, I, I mean, I care about people's health and all that. You know, I, I'm not talking about that. It's just like they're mm-hmm. like stay in the house, and I'm like, fine, I was gonna do that anyway, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I was gonna. Yeah, so I mean, staying this staying home isn't too bad. It's just a, it's just a little different. You can't just go to the grocery store like you used to when you need new things to make edibles or you know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and so it affects everyone different. But like for me specifically, I'm just like. I would rather be in the house because that's where all my things are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so let's kind of fire on back a little bit. I mean, we got into all kinds of, you know, life changing things with this uh, pandemic, whatever they're dubbing it on TV this week and um, yeah. whatnot. But let's talk more about you and what you got going on. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. How long ago did you start um, doing the edible thing? Or where did your love for baking, because a lot of this stuff is baked goods and whatnot. I mean, when did your love for food start? Let's let's go there. Let's not even put the edibles into the equation yet. That's a really good question. Uh, I, I mean, I have a family and kids, so I was forced to learn how to cook <laughs> like a long yes. time ago. Like, so learn, motherfucker, learn. Survive. <laughs> That's right. And just over time, I found that I really enjoyed being in the kitchen and cooking. I mean, sometimes, like anybody, it's when you have to cook a lot, it can be a bit of a drag. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just over time, I've really enjoyed cooking. But funnily enough, I've never really been into baking that much. Like, aside from the occasional loaf of bread that I would make, I've never been much of a baker until I started infusing it with cannabis and then suddenly I was just like super interested in it so yeah so I started doing like playing around with edibles a few years ago okay yeah so like you know I mean here we go drifting back into the what's going on now so like whenever grocery stores started running out of you know some of the common things like bread and all that stuff you were just like oh fuck it no problem I'll just go in there whip me up some shit you know pretty much yeah Yeah, for sure. Like, I like doing a lot of cooking from scratch, and I think that's just come from cooking for a long time. But now you go into the grocery stores, and, like, I was there a week ago, and they are almost out of flour. So I think a lot of people are doing (laughs) the same thing because they have so much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just just like now is, like, people getting back to their bare roots 
and everything. So it's like we so dependent on, you know, other people doing for us as far as, you know, grocery stores and you know other things that we go to away from our home to, you know, get for ourselves. And now we, you know, that's cut off from us. So it's like we back to foraging and stuff. We're like, all right, well, I heard a folk story about you can take some flour and some <laughs> eggs and uh, maybe a little bit of water and you can put this thing in the oven and I'm, some bread might pop out, you know? <laughs> so, it, yeah. And honestly, your house smells so good when you're baking, when it's baking. And then a fresh slice of like hot bread with your dinner. Oh, that's so good. And we never had time to do all this shit before because everyone was so busy, like going to jobs and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. obviously there's a ton of uncertainty right now, but one of the little silver linings, I guess, is people are going back to like cooking from scratch, cooking at home. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. I mean, I, I would very much so like a slice of hot bread right now, the way you talked it up. It made me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's as good as it sounds. So what led you to infusing the cannabis into, you know, these delicious treats that I've seen on your Instagram and all that stuff? Uh, I'd, uh It's funny that you asked that because I'm not really sure what compelled us to do it. But my husband and I decided we wanted to try infusing butter. Mm-hmm. We were growing some cannabis plants at the time and had a lot of like, you know, the trimmings and oh. stuff you normally just toss. So now, yeah. now that's, that's, and, that, that kind of leads me around there. It's just now I'm just like, all right, this person <laughs> wouldn't just in the kitchen like, oh, no, I'm going to make this hot bread and shit. You know what? This bread might taste better with some marijuana in it. I'll go in the other room and pull off <laughs> a couple stems. So you had the marijuana on deck. So what? Is, right, that's right. It was like a farm to table, as they, as they like to say these days. Oh, homegrown the table stuff happening. Yeah, <laughs> so home, that's right. Homegrown, organic. Yeah, so we had a lot of this extra stuff, and we thought, let's make some butter. Mm-hmm. And that was a painful, time-consuming experience. But I don't even remember what I ended up making with it. But <laughs> that is how it got started. Is just we thought, let's let's just give this a shot. We have all the stuff to do it. Let's try it. So you got free. And then my passion from there. You got free range bud. I said you got free range bud. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you you talk about growing your plants and all that other stuff. I mean, are you in one of the states that's like cool with that shit? Oh, yeah. You up in the top in Canada. Yeah. I'm I'm the neighbor. You're neighbor to the north. So I'm in Canada and it's been legal for a while. Yes. Uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure it was legal at the time. I'm just going to say that. But yeah, it was, it was, it, yeah. you started r- right around when they made it legal. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's been pretty cool to just go ahead and do that so, for a while up here, which is really nice. Yeah. It's a long, been a long time coming. It, it needs to be everywhere. I, I, I fully endorse it. I mean, my job doesn't allow me, you know, but. You know, I'm not against it at all. Is it is it legal where you are? No, it is not. <laughs> oh, it's not, eh? Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, yeah. I believe if it was, my job would still prohibit me from doing that because we get drug tests and all that stuff. But if it was legal here, I right. don't know how much the laws would change to kind of let me imbibe. You know, I'd just be like happy all the goddamn time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, um. Yeah. Well, I. So where did the love affair with marijuana come into play? Because I know for me, the journey started some years ago around age 13. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say I have a similar story. It's probably maybe I was a little bit older, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. 
So it started then, you know, and it, uh, I do recall the first time I bought it, I may or may not have purchased oregano, but there's no way I can confirm that now. (laughs) But, uh, you know, eventually I managed to smoke something that got me, got me pretty lit up and really enjoyed myself. But I've kind of, you know, like come and gone when it comes to smoking cannabis, like, you know, when I had my kids were young and I was pregnant and stuff, I didn't smoke. And then I went back to it for a bit, like a while, a while later. Um, I don't really smoke that much now. Mm-hmm. I guess I found, I don't know if you've ever found this, but there was a point where when I, when I would smoke, it made me really paranoid. Uh. And I'd be like sitting in the corner with the worst cotton mouth. My eyes were tomato red. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, everybody can tell I'm high. And I'm pretty sure nothing I'm saying <laughs> is making any sense. And it was, so it wasn't, it wasn't a very social thing for me. So yeah. I kind of quit smoking for a long time. But then once we started making the edibles, I found that it affected me a lot differently. And I think that's where the love affair with edibles really came in. Yeah. And that's so I've always sort of had yeah, know, the interest in cannabis, but yeah. And that's kind of like, I mean, it makes it more sociable, I, I believe. Cause like, I mean, you go in there, you st- Poke a big blunt and everything. You full of weed smoke and all kind of crap like that. You know your eyes are irritated from the smoke. So I mean, you come in there looking like right. a, like a high zombie and shit. And people, you know, they got shit to say. <laughs> but you go in there, you chew on your brownie and whatnot, and you don't have all that re- that residual shit going on. And you like, oh yeah, well, Matt Marge is just just yeah. chill. <laughs> I'm just vibing. It's all good, you know. And because it sort of creeps up on you slowly, you can sort of relax into it and just let it happen instead of just it all hitting you like a ton of bricks after you exhale that last little bit. So, and you know, my eyes might still get a little red, but it's pretty, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like anything crazy. Yeah. I don't get cotton mouth at all either, which is nice. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's full that's of, gotta be the worst thing about smoking. Yeah. Cause it's full of brownie goodness or whatever you may have that day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, um, Oh, damn. I lost what I was about to say. I, I got tangled up in the uh, think about brownies and everything. Cause like I never had the opportunity to partake in any edibles and everything. It was always, you know, blunts and stuff for me. And, um, you, sh- right. you shared some of the first experience of you getting high. I-, I would like to share mine as well. Mine was not, uh, partaking in, uh, with a blunt or anything like that being a part of a smoke session. Well, I was a part of a smoke session. I was in the room while the shit was going on. And before then, I had no uh-huh. experience with marijuana and they just clouded this room with this funny smelling smoke. And I was like, this, this is what y'all do all day. And then not too long after that, I had the giggles and I did not know what was going on. I couldn't stop laughing for whatever reason. And then I just started feeling light. And I just, I, I kind of felt like I floated down the street for a little bit. And uh, that's when the love affair began. I was like, so that all this magic came out of that thing? <laughs> so let me have that real quick. Wow. So that must have been like quite a, quite a smoke session going on if you got hired from the secondhand smoke. Yes, it was a very small room. Not very, <laughs> not very well ventilated. <laughs> because I believe they right. didn't want us, I don't believe they wanted the outside world to know what was going on on the inside. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got boxed in pretty good and I just like, it was fun times. I mean, I smoked from 13 to 18, then I joined the military, then I had to stop. But I mean, before then I knew I was going into the military and I just stopped anyway. So, but yeah, good times. I, I don't regret a dime a bit 
uh, a nickel, a quarter, an ounce of it. <laughs> of course not. But you've never had an, you've never tried an edible before. No, Is I it mean, something you, you want to try? I, yeah, I would. Because, I mean, that wasn't accessible. I mean, I didn't even know about edibles until, like, later on in adult years when i mean like way later on i was like you mean you could put that shit in butter and all this other crap and then you know now a lot of states are legalizing well let's use that verbiage decriminalizing um marijuana and whatnot is just happening all around me and not where i am yeah that would be pretty disappointing i mean decriminalization is actually a really great first step i would think so hopefully it leads to more but Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to happen where you're at. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't want to be like, well, let's go a state over and do this thing, then come back, which <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose. I want to be home in quarantine, getting toked up or eating all the snacks. <laughs> Right, because yeah, that is an option. You could always visit a place where where it is legal, but then that's not going to be happening no. probably anytime soon. So, yeah, because I mean, it did wonders for Colorado. <laughs> Boy, did it. Yeah, it's a perfect example, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like all the other shit, like alcohol, just fucking it kills people. I've never heard of a recorded case where marijuana did it, unless it was like some external shit to where a motherfucker tripped over a freaking pine cone and stabbed himself in the head with a fork or something. I don't know. I mean, we didn't do that. That motherfucker just clumsy. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much. They were probably doomed from the beginning anyway. So, but you're right. There are no recorded cases of any deaths with cannabis. So, and alcohol is a totally different story and it's so easily accessible, which I find interesting because in Canada, obviously we have this new legal cannabis market and alcohol, the way they're treating cannabis is, it's kind of crazy. There's just so many limitations on it as to what they can do as far as advertising and potency and all this kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. And yet you can go in and buy yourself a, what we call a Texas Mickey of alcohol and uh, buy yourself a carton of smokes and it's no problem. It's just kind of a little backwards in my mind. Yeah, it is. So, like, um, what is your stance on CBD oils and all kind of stuff like that? Because, I mean, it kind of runs hand in hand with marijuana and all that stuff. I mean, it comes from marijuana. So, I've been seeing a lot of it popping up around here because it's not illegal. It doesn't have a THC in the stuff. And um, it's kind of scary to me because people just getting their hands on it. And I'm doing air quotes, if you can see me right now, and saying it's CBD when it's really not. And then, you know, it's just it's just popping up like gas stations, pretty much. Or you can get the shit from gas stations. So. <laughs> Right. It is becoming a lot more prevalent here too, I find, but I guess there's always CBD on the, what they call the legacy market or the black market. Obviously there's a ton of health benefits that people have gotten from using CBD. We hear all the stories about, you know, helping all kinds of physical ailments and using it topically like on your skin and that kind of thing. But obviously you have to be careful about where you buy it, I guess. Yeah. Buying it at a gas station is probably your first clue that it might not be the like best purity. Yes. And who knows what else they've mixed with it. So, you know, I read your labels and buy some reputable companies. But as far as using it to help whatever, like sleep or whatever it might be, I don't think there's any known toxicity associated with it. It's just good shit from the plant, but it doesn't get you high. So it's great for like seniors maybe who don't want to get all 
you know, zipped up or anything. It's great for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So like, um, is that something that you have the capability of producing? Seeing that you have um, free range plants and all that stuff? (laughs) I haven't really. I mean, you can get, I I guess, strains that are a lot higher in CBD. And I, I haven't really personally bothered with those. Yeah. I guess, and I don't like think CBD extraction is beyond what I can do in my own house. So technically, I guess I could, but I haven't really. Okay. Just, I want the THC. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave the CBD stuff to companies that know what they're doing, and uh, you know, I'll just focus on what I'm good at. Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't don't, don't box outside <laughs> of your range yet. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I, I assumed, you know, because I'm ignorant and I didn't do any research that um this was a business for you, but it's just, you know, for your own pleasure and, you know, in-house use. But had this ever occurred to you that it could be a business for you and your family? As far as like making edibles, people ask me that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically my answer is usually no. And it's because for a couple of reasons. One, I think in the legal market in Canada, there's so many rules and regulations mm-hmm. and a lot of them are good and they're in place for a reason, but there's so many that it would cost a fortune to probably get a business like that started up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, commercial kitchens are expensive and all that kind of thing. And two, it would probably kill the fun. I, was I, mean, just, it's, mm-hmm. I really enjoy making edibles in my kitchen and fooling around with it. And, you know, something turns out great, wonderful. And if, if I burn something, well, oh, well, I'll cry my Cheerios. But <laughs> I, there's no pressure. I just make what I want when I want and eat it when I want. And then I talk about it on a podcast. So Word. for me, I think it would suck all the joy out of it. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's kind of probably the biggest reason. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I was um hinting at or whatever because i mean when you do something like that that you clearly enjoy and um you do it on a commercial level or whatnot it kind of takes the joy out of it because like i do or i did frequently like photoshop and you know little drawings here and there then people be like hey man uh could you do this for me and you know i'll give you a little here or you'll get exposure you know and all this other bullshit and it kind of took the freaking fun out of it for me because I just kind of did it for me to test my personal skill and whatnot. And I wasn't really trying to, you know, make money off of it or whatnot. But whenever I did try to do a commission for somebody else, it was just like, blah, I have no creative right. <laughs> flow for this shit at all. I just like, I just want to do what I want when I want. God damn it. <laughs> Stop putting your time restraints and hacks on me. Yeah, exactly. Cause then some, all of a sudden too, you have to answer to somebody else. Whether it's, I don't know, Health Canada in my case, or or a customer, or a supplier, or whatever it is. Yeah, suddenly I got to be answering to people. Right now, I just, you know, just do whatever the fuck I want, and that's how I like it. So, so far, I know you said you had a, a whole lot of what to do with the freaking um, trying to infuse the butter and whatnot. But what have been some of the, your more freaking uh, difficult baking projects or whatever have you to try to infuse something with? More what more difficult yeah. uh that's a really good question because i've infused all kinds of things i mean i've infused because uh, usually you start with your infusion and you use that to put it in whatever recipe you want to make mm-hmm. so your infusions are like your first step and i've infused butter you can infuse coconut oil olive oh. oil avocado oil alcohol 
What? Um, wait, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit. So you can put the things yeah. in the drinks that we were just fussing about that is uh, highly accessible and not marijuana. So you can put those things that people fuss about and to the things that nobody fuss about because it's easy to get. So you can put those two together and make things. You can, especially when you're just doing it at home, because again, you can do whatever the hell you want. I mean, you know what? You know what? Yeah, I know what they can. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like you just get high as shit, bored as fuck, and be like, let's put this in here and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you can infuse almost anything. I've infused like cacao butter for vegan chocolates. And the one thing I would say about infusing alcohol, I have infused, um, infused vodka in my cupboard right now, mm. and I've infused pure alcohol. But if you're doing anything alcohol related with, with cannabis, you really have to be careful with your dosing because obviously they kind of amplify each other. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like when you, when you're drinking and you smoke a joint or something and yeah. it's going to make you feel a lot more drunk. It's the same kind of idea. But if you get that balance right, between the two, it's fantastic. So, <laughs> I'll so, say that. So what's the trial and error rate on that? So out of <laughs> how many times you had to try to get it right? Uh, I've probably lost count at this point, okay, if I'm being well. honest, because I, I am a wine drinker too, and I oh, do, yeah. you know, I eat edibles pretty frequently, and I like, I like drinking wine too. So I've had plenty of experience in that area. Very well. What's your favorite wine, if you don't mind me asking? Well, typically red. I'm a typically a red wine drinker. Yes. Though I do like some whites in the summer. But my favorite is probably like a Cabernet Sauvignon, something like that. I like the drier wines, but I'm certainly no wine expert, but Mm -hmm. I do like it. So my wife made me into a wine drinker or whatever. I never had any inclination of trying to, you know, figure out what wine is best. And, you know, until I met my wife. So we... Drink the whole brand of Stella Rosa if you ever had that before. And then um, basically for us, it's sweet wines. We like the sweet, flavorful wines, you know, a lot of reds. You know, if they got some with uh, tropical flavors, we usually lean toward that. But we tried, you know, to extend our palate beyond, you know, our comfort zone. And we tried these Pinots and all this other crap. And I was like, this tastes like chalk water. Why the fuck people like this shit? Well, it's pretty individual, like anything. I mean, I think you could try like a Merlot or you could try a name, whatever wine variety you can think of. And within that one variety, there's going to be wines that you like and wines that you don't. And you just have to keep drinking them until you find one one that you like. And it sounds like you settled on a particular brand that you like. Mm. So you can always go back to that while you experiment. Yeah. But that's part of the fun of wine drinking. It's kind of crazy because, like, we we go back to the beginning of the conversation where I was like, I stay in the house. I keep to myself and all this other stuff. You know, my family is here. So, I mean, I have them to conversate with when, (laughs) you know, we're not tired of each other. But it's like I felt sad those times that we were experimenting with wine. Because, you know, we got neighbors and all kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure they drink wine or whatever the case may be. But we got rid of so much wine down the drain and all this other bullshit to where we could have probably walked across the street or next door and be like, you like this shit? Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> really? You didn't let you, you you didn't like it so much. You just dumped it. Yes. It was like I couldn't. Even, that must have been some pretty bad wine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, couldn't, it wasn't even like. 
All right. If you have any bad alcohol, like, you know, I'm talking about like liquor, liquor, not wines and nothing. Like if you get a bad batch, you'd be like, eh, this is not my brand, but it's alcohol. I'm going to chug this shit and just be done with it. I couldn't do that with this shit. I'm just like, nah, put that shit in the sink. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's true. If you have a, a bad spirit or hard alcohol or whatever, you can always mix it with enough stuff. You don't yeah. taste it anyway. But with wine, it's kind of, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And once it's terrible, it's, like you said, there's only one one option that's down the drain. Exactly. So maybe you did your neighbors a favor by not sharing it with see, them. Yeah, see, like, that, you know. That, that, and that's what I think about too. I say I, I saved a life. I, I put. I my my <laughs> flaw with this whole thing is I didn't tell them not to buy it, so I didn't save them financially. They might have went out in the wild and be like, "Oh, they seen this brand that I thought was trash," and I didn't say nothing to them, so I didn't save them in that aspect. But in that moment, I saved them from tasting some nasty shit. And that's true. And that's a real service as well, because what would they think of you if you had gifted them this wine and not said anything? And then they're drinking they're like this stuff tastes like tastes like piss or whatever. Yes. Like, why is he giving this stuff to us? Oh, because he's just trying to get rid of it because it's garbage. I mean, mm. what does that say about you as a person? I know. I mean, it's mm, yeah. I mean, I, I got to keep my, my credibility to my family name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's all about it's all about maintaining the family name on the street. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of like beer, the same way with beer for me, because like I don't drink beer at all. You know, it's just like the the closest thing that I come to beer is like those ciders, like the apple ciders, or uh, you know, the cider beers or anything like that. I mean, I don't even think you can call them beers, just cider or whatever the fuck. So I drink like a woodchuck or Angry Orchard or something like that. But like full on beer, like a Pabst Blue Ribbon or coolers or whatever type of beer you're drinking, I can't do that shit. It's like warm, I don't know, warm, nasty shit. Even when it's cold, it's just like, ew. <laughs> it doesn't resonate at all. I, I do like ciders as well, for sure. They're pretty, they're pretty like light and refreshing, especially when it's hot out. Mm-hmm. I do drink beer when it's hot again, but. I, when it's not, I really have zero interest. And uh, in Canada right now, the weather is pretty well up and down. So I'm not yeah. drinking beer at all. It's like a summertime thing. So yesterday here in Houston, Texas, it was 80 something degrees, almost 90 degrees yesterday. It was hot, blazing. I even I was so hot doing some shit yesterday that I, I, I put my body in the pool so I can cool off. That's how it was yesterday. You're swimming? Yes. Swimming in pools. Yes. Ah, so, well, it's been raining here all day. And unfortunately, I don't totally understand Fahrenheit because we do Celsius up here. Yeah. But it was 12 degrees Celsius today. So that was pretty warm. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yesterday, I, it was so hot that I had to submerge myself in cold pool water. And I wake up this morning and it was 40 something fucking degrees. And currently now it's like 50 something, almost 60. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, what the hell? Oh. So extremely hot yesterday. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, extremely hot yesterday than cold as fuck today. I mean, not Canada cold, but cold to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Canada cold, but it's not really Canada cold here right now either. Mm-hmm. It's uh, spring showers weather. I seen. I forget what my one of the my Canadianites. I know that's not what you say. How you pronounce your, <laughs> your thing, but um, that's what popped into my head. <laughs> but one of the guys that I know that uh, up there, they live in Canada. They had fucking snow all over the goddamn place, and I was like, I am sorry for your luck. <laughs> it's not uncommon to get snow in April, that's for sure, and especially if you're a little further north. 
and stuff, then the snow tends to stay on the ground a lot longer too. So, yeah, no, you say you're sorry, but I know you don't really mean it because you're enjoying nice hot weather and swimming in your pool in April. And here we don't even think about that until at least another two months. Yeah, I'm sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Because I've lived here stateside in a place that gets extremely cold. I was in Missouri for a number of years and that was the most snow I have ever seen in my life. And it was cool for the first week. And then after that, I was like, fuck this. I don't want any more. <laughs> you lasted only a week. Yeah. I mean, cause it's not, I'm from down South. I'm from Louisiana and everything. So I like it. We down here by the Gulf and it's always hot and shit and we don't never ever see snow. I think in my lifetime, I, I just turned 38 and that I've only seen snow maybe twice in my lifetime, you know, living down that way. And it was not even like a full on snow. It was just like a icing pretty much. It just like it hit the ground. It turned white for a little bit. Then it just, it was gone, you know? So when I went and I joined the military. I got to go all over the crazy places. I was mainly on the East Coast. In those places, they got extremely cold, but no snow. And then um, I went down for another part of my career to back to the southern states. So it never snowed there. But on the latter end, I went to Missouri, which is central. And it just gets the vortex of hell. It's all the hot, all the cold you know, for whatever appropriate season it is, that's what the fuck it is. So if it's summer, it's super hot. If it's spring, it's super fucking polony. If it's goddamn winter, it's fucking super cold. So I, you got the extreme of whatever that freaking season is in that place I was in Missouri. So that first week of snow, you know, it's nothing I'm accustomed to. I never had it in my life like that. So it was fun. I got kids. This is their first snow. We out there playing and doing all the snow shit. And then it sucked after that because <laughs> it was too much snow <laughs> and it was just that sounds a hundred percent accurate like yeah the first snowfall is always great and then you're like well what the hell do we do with all this shit now you got to shovel it to get it and go anywhere and you gotta it's a pain in the ass no it is a pain in the ass and the vortex of hell as you described sounds exactly like uh a lot of parts of canada to be honest mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's what a lot of people are going through because it is starting to be allergy season here too just to add to the fun, because there's nothing like having to go grocery shopping. You're sniffling a bit because of allergies, and now everybody's so like, paranoid and looking at you like, "Are you sick?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I and you know the people that I work with are fucking clowns. They think, you know they joke about everything, which I don't have you know nothing really against. But during this time, is is fucking irritating because I sneeze. And I, I have like a pronounced sneeze. Like, you know, if I'm on the other side of the room and you hear this, ah, you know, that's me. <laughs> I said, Rob must be sneezing. So I'm in there doing what I normally do. I've been working at that same place for two years and I've done this the same time all the time, you know, every year. And, you know, now everybody like, oh, oh you must have got that COVID. You, you know, joking around and shit. You old man, you sick? What's wrong with you? I was like, man, just shut the fuck up and let me sneeze. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Everyone's super paranoid right now, which sucks if you are an allergy sufferer or you have a pronounced sneeze or whatever. Every other year, everybody ignores it. But now, Mm. now everyone's just a little on edge, which I mean, we've been in what quarantine for, I don't know, a hundred years, it feels like. (laughs) And it's easy to get paranoid when there's nothing else that anybody's really talking about right now. So. And what was funny about um, the vortex of hell, you know, I I talked about this on another episode 
to where I was talking about Missouri once again, where I was stationed at. And I call it the armpit of Missouri. And there's no shit. If you look up Fort Leonard, Missouri on the map or, you know, St. Robert or freaking Waynesville, the neighboring city, right down the highway from it is a place called Devil's Elbow. So the armpit is not far from the elbow at all. <laughs> so you're onto something there. <laughs> exactly. I know it's that's it did intensify my love for Walmart living there because that was the biggest establishment they had in that town was Walmart. So I had no choice but to go to Walmart to do anything pretty much. I think every town has a Walmart. That's true. Probably in the States and in Canada. So what's what's crazy is the town that I grew up in. Um, we had a Walmart, you know, this is before they turned into super Walmarts and was open 24 hours. We had a Walmart like right outside the city limits, you know, on, cause we live, I lived in the North side of town and just, um, a little further North from us was, you know, Moss Bluff. And that's where the Walmart was. So we had to basically just, you know, a couple miles into the next town to go to Walmart. But when they started becoming these big superstores and everything, they plop one, you know, right in the central area of the town, this big super Walmart, it, it, it's like took up all the land mass. And this is like in the beginning when they first started going to these 24 hour big super stores and all kind of stuff. So it was something new, totally new to us as a you know community as a whole, just, you know, just as people, because nobody ever seen this shit. So they plop this big thing down. They clear out all this land that we weren't using because it was kind of country, it was a small ass town. And they put this big fucking mega super Walmart there. And damn, that's crazy. You know, everybody going to Walmart, people, you know, create a lot of jobs. Then the casinos came in and then we got casino money, all this other bullshit. So flash forward, I leave, join the military, go all over, do all things. And then I come back after I get out and there's three Walmarts, three, three of these big motherfuckers. So they got a Walmart actually in my neighborhood and then they got the original Walmart that they plopped down there when I was young. Then they got another big ass Walmart, um, more in the high class area, you know. So they got in this one little bitty ass town, they got three giant ass Walmarts within all about a mile and a half of each other. And I'm just like overkill. Then they had the nerve to put a neighborhood Walmart, the grocery store in the middle somewhere. I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, just this is Walmart town now. <laughs> Too many Walmarts, maybe. Too not much of a me. good thing. Not for me. Yeah, I love Walmart. So it's <laughs> not, but it's just like how it's overkill for this little bitty ass town. It's just, it's ridiculous. But it gives people's jobs and, you know, whatever. So I can't be mad at that. Yeah, that's very true. And it seems like uh, a lot of places like that, those are the only people with jobs at the moment. There are people who work in like Walmarts and grocery stores and and stuff like that. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, I have been out and about just um, you know because it's <laughs> I keep them here, keep them safe, I guess in a sense, and I'm the only one that goes out because like I got some super immunity, right? <laughs> so I see you know all these people talking about on TV, you know, six feet of distance between you and the other person, and. You know, make sure you wash your hands and, you know, wear a respirator if you have them and blah, 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 blah. But they don't they enforce it. The stores I've been to, they enforce it. So if you outside waiting in line, they only let a certain amount of people in. 
They got the ticker tape on the ground to tell you, hey, this is six feet from the person in front of you or behind you. So, I mean, they enforce it on the outside. But when you walk inside, it doesn't fucking matter because you walking shoulder to shoulder there next to everybody trying to get the same groceries you're trying to get. And I mean, there's no <laughs> once you're inside. It's, it's like, very fuck. true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like once you are inside, you wait outside for all this time, which really makes you want to like wait till you have a lot of neat, like you need a lot of stuff before you go because mm. it takes so much longer. But the aisles weren't really designed for for COVID social distancing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need something and somebody else needs the same item, it's pretty hard to like. It's so it's hard to navigate the grocery store aisles and maintain six feet because they're not wide enough. No. So what do you do? I think I'm the person that's been designated in my household to venture out for groceries as well because of my air quote uh, super immunity. Mm-hmm. But you gotta, you got There's got to be one one victim, I guess, that has to go out and do the deed. Yeah. So I mean, and then I mean, you you got the the freaking the the weed uh, bubble around you or whatnot. You getting all the corona high and shit, and they just die off, and it's like they can't take it no more. <laughs> I wish that were the case. If it created some kind of magical force field around me, and then you know the virus particles just bounced off and and fell dead to the ground. That's uh, that's the research I'm waiting for. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can concoct an edible that can combat the coronavirus. Now that I would take to market because that would probably make me millions. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure there's there's somebody you know in the lab somewhere ch- seeing what cannabis oil and all this other stuff can do against this virus. Because I mean, it's not highly uh, you know put out there or whatever, or highly touted that we can ill a lot of things, but you know that's not the focus. You know, so somebody is testing it, and they they're gonna if it well, did I'm something. I'm sure there is. Yeah. I- I get asked a lot too, like, can it help Corona as like combat COVID or whatever? And as far as I know, anything that I've read or podcasts I've listened to have not indicated that whatsoever. But interestingly, I had read recently that people are switching to edibles because coronavirus does attack the respiratory system mm-hmm. and I guess inhaling, inhaling, uh, smoke wouldn't be good. So people are switching to edibles right now, which is kind of interesting. Yep. Because I think they published an article not too long ago about people that smoke. It, it didn't regardless if it was marijuana or cigarettes or whatever the case are still likely or more likely to contract the virus because it's a respiratory thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a, there's a new interest in edibles right now. So hopefully people can listen to my podcast and learn how to make them at home while self-isolating. Yeah. Get high on your own supply. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I thought they said you shouldn't get high on your own supply. I can't remember how it goes, but well, we go I with mean, yours. See, you're, like yours better. you're okay because you're not mass <laughs> producing it for, you know, consumers. You're doing it for yourself and, you know, your household. So, I mean, you, by all means, get high on your own supply. <laughs> Okay, I will. And I have been, so that's fine. There you go. I, mean, <laughs> I will continue doing what yes, I Yes, don't do. change a thing. <laughs> That's right. I won't. You know, in, in the line of merchandise and, you know, you know, catering to your show, I mean, that, I believe that should be a shirt for you. You know, get high on your own supply. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, because, I mean, it would be contradictory to the popular phrase of don't get high on your own supply, but catering to your brand and your what you do for your podcast. So it would be uh, a hilarious redundancy. 
Well, I like it too, because honestly, one of the reasons like the podcast is supposed to help people like myself make edibles at home. And I'm certainly no professional chef and the furthest thing from it. And when you're making them yourself, it's a lot less expensive and way more accessible. And you control exactly what you're putting in your edibles. You can use the best ingredients you can afford to buy. And when you're buying the edibles, whether it's on the black market or the legal market, you just don't there's a, there's limitations there. Like in Canada right now, the maximum dose is 10 milligrams per package when it comes to edibles, mm-hmm. which is a really low dose. I would myself, I'm probably in the 40 to 50 milligram range when I'm taking edibles. Allegedly. So that means I'd have to buy four, <laughs> I'd have to buy four packages of something in order for it to do the job. And that gets really expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's just for like, one night where you can make a batch of cookies at home and you can share them, you can eat them, but yeah, it's definitely way more economical and fun. Yeah. Do you have any younglings, Luturians? I do actually three daughters and they are not really younglings anymore. I mean, they're young obviously, but they're 19, 20 and 22. Oh yeah. Yeah. They are. So they, uh, yeah, they're not they're not younglings anymore. Yeah, but so, it's good. It's uh, it's I'm passed through all the fun teenage years and getting into the good stuff now. What do you mean fun? <laughs> I know that was just like backhanded comment because none of that shit is fun. Because <laughs> I have a nineteen year old. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, you can't see me either. You didn't see my my once again the air quotes, the air quotes that I was yes. using. <laughs> but you know, challenging teenagers are challenging no matter. Oh, yeah. Um, what it's like and honestly our experience with three girls wasn't particularly bad everyone was always like oh you have three daughters it must have been hell or whatever but it really wasn't that bad but anybody who's a parent to teenagers it's going to be challenging at some point yeah and now they're they're moving on beyond all that teenage angst and getting into adulthood mm-hmm. and you can talk to them more like adults and they have a more of an adult brain so it's really nice yeah i'm waiting on that i mean i have a 19 year old that's crossing that threshold right now so I'm, I'm i'm good on that front but i got the boy he's 17 and uh it's still a lot of work in progress but you know you skip down the line i got a nine-year-old going on 30 so <laughs> yeah so you have some challenging times ahead for sure but it gets better i mean you're seeing that probably with your 19 year old as they grow up and mature a little bit that uh Parenting changes a lot yeah, when they be, you know, get older and more independent. But mm-hmm. yep. So I, I I asked that question to kind of you know hit you with this one. So what is the household like when you had the the kids in there or whatnot? Because I mean, it sounds like you see a seasoned marijuana veteran and whatnot, seeing that you grow plants and all this other stuff, you cooking edibles in the house. I mean, were they privy to all this, and have you educated them properly and whatnot? Uh, they have been and are privy to all of this. Uh, we did educate them because I think we were on the mind like a lot of kids, and this might be controversial to some people, just uh, to put that out there, but we knew that it was almost impossible to tell your kid like not to smoke weed yeah. or whatever because kids typically like to do, especially in those teenage years, exactly the opposite of what you tell them. Of course. So, you know, we were open and honest with them. And then as they got older, it was, 
you know, if we knew they were smoking, we weren't going to be like grounding them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, they all do smoke now. Mm -hmm. I would say they all use very responsibly. Uh, sometimes eat some of my edibles. Only two, only one is home with us right now. The other two are, are out of the house. So there's that, but you know, they're all productive, responsible kids. So I have no problem with responsible use of marijuana. Very Just well. like you want to promote responsible use of alcohol too, right? So yeah. having those conversations with your kids, I think is pretty important because they're going to be experimenting with it, whether you like it or not. And I feel like those parents who have like those really hard ass approaches to that kind of stuff are just going to be fighting a battle that they probably won't win. Yes, pretty much. And that's my opinion. But yeah. I mean, yeah, and I agree with you or whatever. I mean, it's just more the lines if you, if you want to, I guess, um, you want to educate them. You just give them the pros and the cons. I mean, just, you know, look, this is the downfall of doing this. And then it, a lot of the times, if you do the thing that you're kind of preaching against, you know, it's kind of contradictory. And it's just like, well, if this is so bad, why are you doing it? You know, <laughs> but you just got to. And that's very true because, yeah, there's consequences to everything you do mm -hmm. for sure. And you can't just gloss over that. And I can't be like promoting, I don't promote cannabis use by any means, but they do see that I'm using it responsibly. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't expect, you know, if they're getting high before they're going to school, that's a problem that has to be addressed. Or, you know, yeah. if they're getting high before going to work or, or anything like that, that's not really responsible use in my mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, and then again, it depends on the person as well. Cause I, I know people that can't go to work unless they have. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe they need to change jobs, right. but I mean, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> and honestly, it is. I'm just personally a person that will not be functioning at my best in a workplace environment if I'm high. And I do have known people that, you know, they pretty much use it to sort of bring them back to a normal baseline. And that's them. Everybody's completely different. And you have to kind of know yourself and how it works for you. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, yeah, I'd be a mess. I've tried recording podcasts before while I'm high and that did not go so well. And editing podcasts while I'm high also takes uh, probably twice as long easily. So, oh, yeah. you know, you got to... For me, I got to keep my head in the game when I'm trying to do productive things. Yeah, for me, is like when I did have it, it was like I ain't doing shit else after this. <laughs> you know, I got to get my affairs in order beforehand. And I'm just like, all right, once, are you sure I don't need to do nothing? Because after I hit this, I'm done. I ain't doing shit else. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Like, you know, if I have an edible in the evening, I'm watching a show or playing a family board game or, you know, I, I can do some reading or things like that, but anything, the, anything requiring like fine motor skills or, or writing an essay, oh, I don't know, whatever the hell it is, it's, it's mm -hmm. not happening. Yeah. Like you said, I got to get my affairs in order too. So yeah. <laughs> before, Cause, I, cause before like, I get into anything. Cause for me, when, you know, the time frame that I had it in, you know, I didn't really have a lot to do per se. So it was more or less, I would go out, get high then I would come home, eat, you know, shower, go to sleep. You know, I mean, that was kind of, you know, the adolescence phase of, you know, a marijuana smoker, but like, say like you drop me now, you know, 38, you know, I can kind of see myself, you know, watching movies and just chill out and relaxing, you know, it'd be a evening thing, a after work thing or something like that. 
But in your professional opinion, I, I, I did half an air quote because you're more professional than I am. <laughs> um, do you feel like, you know, when you imbibe with uh, weed or edibles or whatever the case may be, that it enhances your experience and other things? I mean, that's kind of the common theme of weed in society. It's just like, hey, you smoke this. Everything is 10 times better. I mean, do you personally feel like that? Uh, and I appreciate you referring to me, even if it was just half miracle. I appreciate the uh, professional opinion. In my professional opinion, I would say yes. It probably depends on the person, though. For me, I would say watching a movie, one of the favorite things I like to do is when an edible starts to kick in is watching stand-up comedy <laughs> or funny sketch shows and stuff because it's it's funnier and it just is. Or having conversations with my family around a dinner table or you know, that kind of thing, certainly amplified. I do know people who really love to smoke a little bit before they eat because they say it amplifies the taste of the food. That's honestly not something that I get, but I also find that edibles don't give me the munchies, which is interesting because smoking does. It gives me terrible munchies, actually. That's weird. But then again, I mean, you with edibles, I mean, you kind of satisfying that munchie at the same time because, I mean, you're eating and getting high. I mean, when you smoking, you just smoking. You're not eating. So afterwards, you're like, I need to eat something. So, you know, it kind of satisfies at the same time. Yeah, and maybe that's one of the other reasons why edibles are so great, because you don't get the munchies, because you are satisfying the sweet tooth or whatever it is with just that little bit of something. And then you can go about your evening relaxing like somebody would if they came home and had a glass of wine after a stressful yes. day. Yes, Very yes. similar to that. So, what do you have a go-to movie or activity whenever you get high? I mean, I know you said comedy is one of the things that you watch, but I mean, is there a particular movie that you like to go and watch? I'm not really one for like rewatching movies myself. My husband is. He'll have certain movies he'll watch over and over again, and I'm just not like that. So, I like I like new stuff, but again, stand-up comedy. There's always something new coming out, and there's a lot of great comics out right now. Admittedly, I did binge watch Tiger King. Yeah. If anybody hasn't watched that yet and you've been resisting, it's worth it. All the memes will make sense. It's, it was pretty crazy, very enjoyable. Um, and then lately we had been playing quite a bit of categories. I don't know if you know that game, but that was pretty fun too. Isn't that like the, almost like Pictionary or something? They give you a topic and you got to like draw it or act it out or something, kind of like. Uh, it's not quite like that. You basically get a dice that has, uh, it's like a 26-sided dice that has all the letters of the alphabet on it, and there's a timer, and everybody gets the same card. You roll the dice and say an R comes up, and you'll have a list of things, and you have, and you have to come up with uh, the word or name or whatever, starting with the letter R, so whatever that thing is, mm -hmm. and you're timed, and then you see who has the best answers that nobody else has at the end. Very well. Very yeah. well. So, yeah. It, you sound like you live a, a lovely life. <laughs> I would love to be in my kitchen all day making goodies and just drinking wine and ha-ha and hee-hee. And I mean, I, I do that now, but I'm talking about like with weed in it. <laughs> yeah, it certainly changes the experience a little bit. That's for sure. Yeah, I haven't been drinking too much wine lately, though, because when I first went into quarantine, I drank so much wine. I went through so much of it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a break for a bit. 
but uh, I made some fresh edibles yesterday, so that won't be slowing down anytime soon. Very well. So, we hit our marker here. Uh, this is where we're going to put a pin in it. But it's been very, a very lovely time having you here. You're a delightful person. You make delightful edibles and whatnot for not the world to enjoy, but you and your, your kin. So I can't be mad at that. And, you know, before we ride out of here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, I am at Bite Me Podcast on Instagram. I believe it's ho- at Host Marge on Facebook. And the show is called Bite Me, the show about edibles. So if anybody wants to try making their own edibles, that's all I talk about over there. Everything edibles. Word. So as it's been with every guest of the Random Realms with Rob, you have been a guest once. So the door is always open for you to come back, uh, promote, uh, promote, goddamn, promote <laughs> your next big thing or just to come to shoot the shit. Well, that sounds fantastic. This has been a lot of fun, and I've been really happy to be a guest on your show, Rob. And that was my conversation with Marge, Margaret, Mary, Magdalene. <laughs> so many M's in there. It just make my brain flutter and whatnot. And I want to apologize for that intro, man. Um, a lot of these episodes I recorded a, a while back, and you know that I'm starting to sort through them and getting put out there and everything, because you know the last previous four episodes, um, I ran in sequence. You know, with uh, Andre and Tony, I told you those two had a little bit of duality in their episodes and the content and whatnot. And then the two episodes that followed that was with a uh, random Randy Savage. And Brian from the Bri Five Podcast and the Code Forty Five Podcast with Randy. I don't know why I didn't say them separately. It's like they on the same show, but I had those two episodes back to back, and now I'm just getting into my regular queue. So I'm here with Marge from the Bite Me Podcast, which you should be listening to, or giving um, a look at the Instagram and whatnot to see the delicious delicacies that she's concocting and whatnot. And then um, I got Dave Temple coming back again and we talk a little bit about what's going on currently in the world and whatnot but that interview with dave temple is currently out on the 3r show youtube page so you can see a visual representation with your audio um on the youtube (laughs) so his episode will be out next week i I just said it out my mouth so now i have to put that in order i don't have to figure out where that goes but dave temple's episode will be out next week and you have video and audio. So however you choose to listen to it or view it and whatnot, you have options. Um, also coming up, um, I got Josh Winchester, which, you know, when I got that uh, interview packet and whatnot from him, whatever, I see name Winchester and I already started thinking about Supernatural. I was like, yeah, you know, because I love that show. So we got. Uh, if we talk about triple M's and triple R's and everything, uh, Josh is from a podcast called the triple C and the C stand for, I, I get them mixed up. <laughs> uh, what is it? Damn it. Fuck. What? I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. I don't, I don't want to use my notes. Um, it's not in order. I know it's culture. Uh, there it is. Comics, culture, and cosplay podcast. So that's the triple C's. So we got that coming up or whatever in which that video interview is up on the YouTube as well. So you can get a preview of that now. 
And um, that audio will be coming out soon. What else? I got some other stuff recorded. Oh, a treat for you that I found on a freaking TikTok. I mean, you can check out the Instagram and uh, Facebook page. Cartnarks. If you're not familiar, what it is, is Agent Sebastian. He goes patrolling parking lots in his uh, neighborhood, you know, grocery stores and retailers and all that stuff. And he employs people to put their carts back in the cart rack or, you know, back in the little cart stalls and whatnot. So he is policing. He is doing the the Lord's work and he's uh, asking people to put their carts back in the freaking uh, stalls and whatnot. Don't leave your shit in the parking lot. Don't leave them next to people's cars. Don't leave them in the parking space, making it hard for other people to park. And that's the mission of the cart narcs. So I found them on TikTok and uh, I have um, their head agent in charge on the show. Uh, we don't have no video for that, but that's coming up. And what else do I got? I'm looking at my computer and I just, I label these. Oh, that's cart narcs. That's C-N. So, <laughs> all right. So I know what that is. And I got my homeboy. All right. If you ever listen to the show for a while, and um, there's a couple of episodes when we talk about podcasting and I always bring up uh, episode, I think it's 12 or 11 with J guns. That's the title of the episode. Uh, dude that I worked with and served with in uh, Fort Leonard, Missouri, the places that I retired from. And I always point to that interview as like, you know, I have to be there for the guest. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have that one guest every now and then if you're a podcaster or, you know, any kind of broadcaster that be like, hey, so what do you think about this? And they'd be like, it's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those type of interviews. And, I, you know, I, I bring that point up to him that from his episode on, I realized that I had to try to be a better host with my guest. You know, got to keep the conversation moving and flowing and whatnot. Try to get those dead spots out of there. And um, he's back. And we had a better conversation than we did way back in the day of episode 11, 12. So if you are interested in how that went down, uh, go back. It's within the first 20 episodes. It's the Jay Guns episode. And that was the genesis of the freaking podcast, man. You know, those first 20 some odd episodes were just a changing point in my life and a changing point in the podcast. Episode five is with Miss B-Rod, my wife. And that was when I realized that I need to buy better equipment because <laughs> we were sitting in um, her office at the time in this when we was in Missouri. And I had two USB mics plugged into a laptop trying to record both of our audio. And for those of you who are rookie podcasters or would-be podcasters and you know i can't speak to every laptop or every computer but i'm pretty sure this range true for all when you have a usb microphone well two in my instance when you have two usb microphones and you plug both of those usb microphones into a laptop or a computer that computer will only recognize one microphone one usb microphone at a time can be used Unless you got some crazy work around or whatever, but standard, if you plug two USB microphones into a laptop or a computer, you know, desktop, it will only read one audio. So I did not know that. I thought you had USBs, you got USB ports, you plug them bitches in and they both work. So that's when um, 
I realized I need to buy me a mixer. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out. I'm giving you throwback episodes to check out. So check out the J Guns episode, uh, episode 11 or 12, I believe. And uh, episode five with Mrs. B-Rob, her first ever appearance on a three-all show. Now she makes her yearly appearance for my birthday. Ask Miss B-Rob. That's coming up 2021. And I'm excited about that. Good times. But anyway, I didn't get off track. I'm giving you future guests and whatnot. There's more to come besides the ones I mentioned. And um, I appreciate you for joining me on this audio journey with uh, Marge from the Bite Me podcast. And uh, like I said, here up on social media, all the things are in the show description, like I always do. I don't even know if y'all paying attention to the show description, but there's info in there. <laughs> so um, it's cool. And uh, lastly, before I ride out of here, the studio is coming into his own. I just painted the second coat of paint on the outer walls of the office. I did the second coat of paint on the floor in the office. So once the floor is all situated and everything, I can go on to paint the ceiling and the walls within the inside. And then that will be it other than placing down the baseboards to hide my amateur ass drywall cuts <laughs> and you know this is crazy because i'm so much of an amateur and everything i'm doing this stuff and uh there's a lot of work around for me because i built this room in a garage that is on a slant so four feet of the slab is you know level and then from that four feet down into the driveway is slanted at an angle so uh, we didn't know this i'll pay attention to this we was building the framework and everything, and I had to cut all my drywall sheets at an angle and everything. And now for my door entrance, you know, I had to do all kind of shenanigans for the door because the door doesn't sit flush to the ground. And, and if I did put it flush to the ground, the door would be cockeyed. It would be sideways. So I had to hang the door straight and then I had to put filler in the bottom so it can be level in the end. And that's an amateur ass job with some masonry <laughs> freaking mud that I did. And then now, you know, usually when you look at a door at a house or whatever, they got the little trim around the door, you know, the little door trim and whatnot. It's either cut at a 45 or however they put that around the door. I can't do that because my shit is uneven. <laughs> So there's so many shenanigans with this room and everything. And when I put my desk in, my desk will be level and flush and everything. But when I put furniture in there under the desk, like drawers and, you know, cabinets and everything, those will be uneven because the floor is uneven. It can't sit flat on the floor. The desk will be straight and level because it's going to be mounted to the wall. But everything that's on the floor is going to be tilted to one side because the floor is slanted. I have some workarounds for that, of course. I'm buying some um, adjustable feet for my furniture, and I plan on making all my furniture in there and whatnot. More amateur shit. You know, I'm buying all kind of tools that I never thought I would need and want and shit, but it's been a fun process. I'm learning. I'm exploring my manly roots and doing the shit with my, my two hands, you know, becoming a mountaineer and shit. <laughs> But, you know, my father tried to teach me this shit, but I was an unruly kid and I didn't want to pay attention. Now it's biting me in the ass, which I've said many times before. So listen to your parents. <laughs> if there's any 
youngins still in the house with their parents and they listen to this podcast. I hope you have permission if you're under the age of 18, but listen to your parents every now and then. I'm not saying every choice that they make for you is right. Are you going to agree with? But at least listen when they try to give you some skills on something. You know, if they teach you try to change a tire or something, keep that shit, you know, because you never know when you're going to have to change tire. But anyway, I've rambled long enough. Let me give you my social media outros. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 3R Show for all updates dealing with the show. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at the 3R Show for all kinds of shenanigans and uh, progress on the office. And YouTube. I've gotten more interviews that I put up there. I put some um, flashback episodes up there and more to come from my previous YouTube, which is still up, but it is what it is. And um, everything else, you can go to randomrob.com to find many different ways to help support the show to include Patreon. I only got a, one tier. Um, I have two, but you know, one is what I'm really concerned about, and that's the $1 tier. It's to show your monthly support for the show. You get some cool free doodads and whatnot and everything, and $1 a month goes a long way. But what I say about this, I have merchandise on randomrob.com, and I feel like I would rather you buy some merchandise than uh, contributing uh, to Patreon, which, you know, if you're going to do either or, I mean, I I'm very appreciative, but if you buy one hat, $35 or a shirt, that's like 18 bucks or something like that. That's 18 months of patronage that you would do in Patreon all up front, or that's 35 months of patronage, you know, buying a hat, you know, you don't have to give all that. You don't have to keep giving that dollar once a month or whatever. You can just buy a shirt, buy a hat, and that's your patronage to the show. You know, and it goes a long way. My homeboy Mario just bought a shirt and his shirt contribution uh, went into paint for the office. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not out here buying fancy sports cars and shit. I'm I'm using it for the purpose of making this podcast better, you know. So hopefully once I get in the office and everything, I can get some better soundproofing in there. Um, I'm looking to upgrade my mixer and my computer and all kind of things like that. These are what the um, your support goes toward and whatnot. So if you're not really feeling the Patreon or you're not really feeling the freaking um, merchandise, I have Amazon links. You can click the Amazon link. It'll bring you to Amazon and you save that. Make that your favorite. So every time you go to your favorites browser and you go to that Amazon link, it'll take you to Amazon and I get recognition for that. So if you buy something, I get recognition for that. I get funds for that. You don't pay nothing extra. It helps me. And those funds will go back into the show. You're helping me help you help me or something like that. <laughs> or help me help you help me help you. Some shit like that. Um, if you Then I have a wish list for Amazon. It's a different equipment that I want for the show. And if you want to help out with that, there's that there as well. And if you just don't feel none of those things that I mentioned, there's my PayPal, my freaking Venmo and all the other crap on there. You can just donate cash straight to me and then I just go buy the shit I need for the show. But but hear me out. Hear me out. You don't have to spend a dime of your money. 
I'm going to keep doing this regardless. You know, support is great, but I love doing what I do. And the most important way that you can help support this podcast, Marge's podcast, anybody else's podcast that you listen to is by writing reviews. You've helped me so much. You helped me tremendously by hitting my goal of 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we can keep this kindness going. It's free. It only costs you a little bit of your time, a couple seconds to write that five star review or whatever have you or write a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. And it's very much appreciated and it's free and it helps the show. You know, my whole thing. And you're going to hear it coming up in another interview later with an awesome guest that I rather that sponsor money than your money, you know, because they big corporations and all this other crap. I mean, they got money to give. You know, and I I know I'm just a normal human being like a lot of the people that listen to the show and I ain't got expendable cash just to throw around and everything that everybody's podcast that I love and enjoy and support. You know, it's kind of hard to do that sometimes, especially right now. But, you know, those reviews and retweets and all this other stuff, all the free things that you can do to help support the show, sharing with a friend, you know, it goes a long way. It gets eyes on us and, you know, we get some of that. A corporate bank back in corporate bank and that way I can just keep on doing what I enjoy and make it better for you all who listen one final thing before I go don't forget the sponsors see I mean sponsors go to hooks rubs and spices that's hooksrubs.com or you can go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com Order you some good ass rubs and spices for your food. I wouldn't say just your meat because you can put it on anything. You put on your vegetables, anything that you want, and it'll make it that more fantastic, that much more fantastic. That sounds better. That much more fantastic. Use the promo code random and you get 15% off your order. Go to poddex.com. It is a great tool for your podcasting toolbox. It's for veterans and amateurs alike you know it keeps the podcast rolling keeps you thinking you know sometimes you get into a mode and i know i have with this podcast and everything to where i i i kind of regurgitate the same shit because people say keywords and it make me flash back to these things and i just kind of rattle that off but with these pod decks or whatever they give you different ideas some of the things that make you think out of your side of your wheelhouse and it's a great tool so go to poddex.com and you can get 10% off your order if you use promo code random. Now, last but not least, you hear the sultry tones in my voice. Oh, yeah. Go to bluechew.com, baby. And if you don't know what bluechew is, it's good for you. That's what it is. If you're a guy. And this shit is good for you if you're a girl. You can't take it or ingest it, you know, because uh, it's not made for you. You don't have boners. You have lady boners. I've heard of those, but it's not like an erection, you know. And if a lady has an erection, it's some other problems <laughs> going on. Um, that might not be a lady. But if it identifies as a lady, then it's a lady, I guess. I don't know. Semantics. Not getting into that. But, fellas. <laughs> Go to bluechew.com and you can get your first order free. Only pay $5 shipping and it's, you know, better than Viagra. 
better than Cialis because it's a chewable. You can take it on the full stomach. You can take it on the empty stomach. And it works two times faster than all the other things that you might try. Don't get that gas station shit. You know, the one with the lady on the front or the dude with the abs and shit. Don't get that shit at the gas station because that's going to fuck you up. Especially if you're getting shit from a gas station. I mean, I, I, I frequent a gas station hot dog every now and then because those shit is delicious. Other than taquito rolls with the cheese and everything in there. But we're talking about your flesh roll that's attached to your pelvis. And you should treat that thing and your lady or whatever other that you have to Bluetooth night. Go to Bluetooth.com. Use promo code random. All right. I'm done. I appreciate you listening. Look forward to new episodes, more video content, and I will see you next time.